Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Property Podcast. My name is Stephen Clark and I'm joined as always by my co-host Nick Ponte. How are you doing, Nick? Yeah, I'm all right, Stephen. Good to see you. Good to catch up again. Another podcast this week. What have we got on today? So this week, it's just the two of us. We have got no guests this week. We're going to we're going to talk about a subject that um, quite a lot of people will ask about and quite a lot of young, inspiring investors are kind of coming to the property market. Um, think of these golden goose um, properties like where you leave no money left in a property deal. Now, you know, five, ten years ago, these things were quite common and most people could build their portfolio by leaving no money a deal. Now, they're a bit rarer. But we want to talk about today, do they still exist? No, what are they? Do they still exist and why they become more difficult to, to get? So, so is this different to, um, so I, I'm counting on you for this because I know you're far more active in this strategy than me. Um, you know, I would like to do it, but obviously the market in Glasgow is is quite very competitive at the moment. Why so you've got more money than me, Nick? <laughs> Aye, that's it, mate. Um, so the, the no money left in property, that's different to uh, no money down, obviously. So let's just go into yeah. it in a little bit more detail about what exactly we're talking about here. So, yeah, no money left in property deal is where you buy a property, you refinance it, and you add the value through, sorry, you renovate it, you add the value through the renovation, you buy it right in the first place, and then when your new revaluation market, when you get a, a you know a loan to value mortgage is 75% loan to value, you get a mortgage released, and basically the money that you, you get back out pays for all your costs, your purchase costs, your your ADS, your legals, your renovation costs. So basically, the properties cost you no money to buy. In effect, are we still talk? Are we talking about the buy, renovate, refinance, and rent model, the the bar method? Yes, but we leave nothing in it. The kind of golden goose, the golden egg that, that that's an infinite return on investment that that costs you nothing to buy. You leave none of your own money left in it. So any rental income that you receive on positive cash flow is complete infinite return on investment. And, you know, not so long ago, it was probably quite common that people were actually getting all their money back out and more, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. I, I, Ten years ago, these were these were very common. The market was recovering from the recession. So, you know, the, the supply and demand was, wasn't there like it is now. And, you know, the, the market was a bit depressed. People were people were taking a lot of low-ball offers for their, for their properties. Now, the market's on the rise. The economy's doing well. Um, it's reflected on how difficult it is to find these deals at the moment. Touch on some of these aspects as well, how it's so difficult to find these ones, because the other, the other thing as well is that it's kind of the government attacks on, on landlords, the introduction of uh, additional dwelling supplement that was 3%. It's now it's now been put up to, to 4% in Scotland. Now, that's an extra fee that investors have to factor in to their, their purchase price as well and their costs. Well, I think, obviously, the competition is a lot tougher now. Uh, to get these deals, there's obviously the, the buy-to-let market itself is growing at quite a fast rate as well. So a lot more property investors coming in. We've got people coming from abroad investing in Scottish and UK property. Um, you know, all these factors, interest rates at the lowest they've ever been. So it makes sense, you know, as an investment for buy-to-let. You've now got talk of Lloyds and John Lewis getting into the buy-to-let space as well. So all this flood of investment in is obviously causing things to go, property prices to go up, as well as the general mainstream market, which is obviously making it harder for us to pick up these deals. Plus, you're competing with the likes of first-time buyers, again, who are well back in the market, who quite often, you know, they're not, well, they're not looking to make a profit like us. So they're quite happy 
to go in and pay in excess of home report and things like that. And we have got a supply issue as well through just going through 18 months of uh, COVID lockdowns. Um, there's, a lot, there's, a, there's a huge supply issue. So you're, you're right, you've got all this competition, you've got all these investors, interest rates being at such a low point that investors are coming into the property market to as investments as making the supply and the demand thing hugely outweighed and, and no and not in our favour. What would be a typical, um, you know, what would, give me a sort of typical deal that you've you've done in the past? Then that have you have you done one that you've managed to get all your money back out plus more? Yeah, I've got one that I can share that that was that was kind of a, a real one that was plus more. But one I just refinanced last week was actually like it was easy numbers. Um, the purchase price was forty two grand for a one bedroom flat um, in the city centre. The renovation cost was about fourteen to fifteen grand. So adding my ADS, my legals. Um, the refinance value came back last week at 80, so that re- released me a mortgage at 75 cent loan of value, 60 grand. So I got all my money back out pretty much on the button. I think I might leave a grand in it, so it's there or thereabouts. And I know money left in deal, but I've got a good one where I've, where I've managed to a few months ago managed to get all money out plus a good bit of profit as well. And that's amazing in this in this market. That is absolutely amazing. But um, so so whereabouts were these deals again? So these ones were in Aberdeen. Now, now I've not added to my own portfolio in my, my normal location, which was in Dunfermline and Fife, for probably four years, five years, because of the issues we're talking about right now. Um, and, and it's probably worth t- touching on why we look for these deals. Now, if you want to scale up a property portfolio and you leave five to ten thousand pounds in each deal, now if you want to, if, if just say you want to hit twenty properties, now twenty properties is somewhere between what's that, a hundred and two hundred grand capital. You have to have to leave into these deals before you actually start taking, you know, profit from your from your your rental income. So this is why these deals are so important when you're looking to scale up a property portfolio. And I was never one for leaving money in deals. If I did, it'd be a you know one or two grand, and knowing that it can come back out the rental income quite quickly. But scaling a, a property business up at, at that at that level and trying to get these amount of properties in a, in a year, you've, you've got a big deficit if you leave, you know, if you leave much money in any of these deals, you've got a huge deficit. So it's important to try and get these deals. If you want to scale up, like some people might want to have a handful of properties, or or you know add to their portfolio one one a year, and the money that they pull back out in rental income gets that money they've left in the deal. Or just say it was five grand, and they make five grand profit on the rental income, then they can get that money out within the within the year or the two years if that's their their pace at which they're looking to acquire a property. But if you're looking to scale up and, and get 10, 15, 20 properties in a year, you've got to have a, either have a huge amount of capital behind you to factor in this uh, this deficit you'll leave in, or you have to get you have to get these uh, no money left in deals. What about timescales then when you're doing the refinance as well? Because it's good to touch on that. You know, in terms of you know releasing the uh, getting that remortgage and stuff like that. You still got to wait six months then. So yes, typically you used to have to wait six months um, between purchasing it, whether it be cash, a bridge, um, doing your renovation, you know, renting it out and then getting the refinance. So typically, you have to wait six months. But there's a couple of lenders that have came in the market the last six, seven months since lenders have got back um, after it since COVID. Now, there's one lender, Paragon, were really, really good because, and apparently the, the, what what I heard from a broker was that Paragon were one of the first lenders to close the doors once COVID kicked in. So they feel like they've lost out on a lot of business, lost out on millions of pounds with the business by closing kind of too early. Um, so they come back to the market and, and they've kind of ignored the six-month rule, which isn't a, a, you know, a set set hard and fast rule. It's something that lenders started to follow a few years back and and a lot of them followed suit. So Paragon have, have um, 
are not allowing that. So what I've been doing with with a lot of these deals that I've been leaving no money in is buying, and as soon as you're starting the renovation, starting the refinance process, knowing that it takes six weeks. So within the two to three month period, you've got that money all back out of the deal. So you can actually scale a lot quicker by using these no money left in deals. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a great wee tip for the listeners then. But yeah, but that, 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 that envelope might not last forever. And as you know, the lending kind of criteria changes quite often in, in, in property investment. So uh, so yeah, that, that window's open at the moment and I've been kind of trying to capitalise that on my own stuff um, recently. But whether that's going to be open for much longer, I don't know. Right. And let's talk about, um, obviously, post-COVID and stuff like that. So there's coming out. Because obviously what happens... Um, when you've done the renovation works and you're looking to refinance and get a mortgage at that higher value, then usually what happens is the lender will, uh, well, they always will, the lender will send out a, a surveyor to do the valuation, right? To make sure that their uh, security is, uh, is is safe, basically, um, yeah. and check the value of the property. And that's a really good point, Nick, because some people kind of get that twisted when they kind of think about their, their home report value versus a, a surveyor's value for the lender. Now, you hit the nail bang on the head there. If you're selling a property in, a, in the market the way it is right now, and you're in, you or the estate agent are instructing a, a, a surveyor to come out and do a home report, they're going to be erring on the side of optimism and, and, and valuing it up the way a little bit more because they know the market's hot, they know what's selling. The seller's obviously motivated to push the maximum they can get from their property. So if, if, if your property was bordering on the 90, 95 grand mark, you could probably get that pushed to 100 grand right now. And no one would ask any questions. The property would, would probably sell for 100 grand if it's been inflated. But like you said there, once you're refinancing the property, the, the surveyor's never instructed by the, the lender. The lenders want to obviously protect their security first and foremost. So which way are they going to value the property? They're going to err on the side of caution and go down the way. So that's something that people need to, to realise when they're doing this strategy that, um, that might not get the same valuation you would get if you were putting a home report and put it on the market. The valuation might be slightly less than you're expected, but you have to kind of factor that in by doing your, your proper due diligence. And how have you been getting on then? Because you've obviously been doing quite a few of these uh, refinances this year, uh, you know, after lockdown, etc. So with the actual valuations, how have they been coming back? You know, have you had any low ones? Have they been decent? Have they been what you expected? Or... Um, they've, they've came back. They've, they've all came back higher than expected. But then I, I'm one of these people that I hate. I hate when I hear investors talk about it's just a rental. Like it, it, that fucking term drives me absolutely bonkers. Like, oh, you, you've seen my my you, you've seen my refurbs and my rental properties. They're as good as most people's flips. Like, I'll do everything. I'll, I'll leave a high standard of product because I see what if you're renting a property, why should you have a substandard condition of living because you're renting? You should have just as good as anyone else. Um, and I always feel like once that property is renovated a decent standard, it attracts a higher valuation, it attracts a better quality tenant, and tenants seem to look after the property better because it, it's brand new and it's really, really well done that they just seem to get this the tenants to look after it. Obviously, there's going to be the odd occasion where things will get wrecked, but I hate when people that when use that terminology and a lot of the guys in my mastermind, we, we, we try and raise that standard of rental properties all the time and make them stunning. And I think this is what's actually helping with these valuations that are coming back, because the one that I just explained on on Summerfield Terrace isn't a really a really good street. It's quite a, a down out street. I expected seventy five grand for the valuation. So to come back at A it just shows that the renovation was done to a, a decent standard. No stone was left unturned. That the, the product of the, the product. Yeah, 
No, that's good. I mean, no, I've seen your refubs, mate, and you even give gold taps to your tenants, so, like, hats off to you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, so I think that there's uh, kind of, like, mixed reports out there at the moment. Um, and so some investors are reporting some down valuations, and others are reporting that they're getting, uh, that they're getting over. So um, I think, to be honest with you, I think a lot of the time it's just your luck at what severe you get out. You know, some of them can be more a lot more cautious than others. And if you build up a reputation, maybe yeah. with, with one or two and you see the same ones on the circuit, all, you know, and again and again, then that can play to your advantage as well. I got, yeah, I got a down valuation recently, but it was um, it was due to a, it was due to a couple of issues. Um, when I when I bought the property, I bought a one bedroom flat and it was a 47 square meter one bedroom flat from the home report from the, the sales particular. When I went to so you know, there's there's a difference in a one bedroom flat at 47 square meters, and the other ones that are in the same street, they're about 38, 39 square meters. And so when so when I carried out the renovation or my due diligence to get my valuations, I predicted because it's a 47 square meter flat, they'd get 110 grand end valuation. So when the surveyor come back out to do the refinance, he called me back two hours later and he says, "Can I come back and check a couple of measurements? My my calculations come back at like 39 square meters." And I was like, really? I've got it here from the previous home report. It's 47. He says, yeah, so that. Let me come back and check it. So he came back and checked it. And he goes, no, it's, it's, it's 39. The, the, the previous surveyor was wrong. So I've done my due diligence based on the surveyor taking his size, his measurements, and putting out a 47 square meters flat. And it's actually 39. So when the valuation came back, it right, it rightly so came back at 100 grand. Um, so that. It was different. Um, so yeah, they, they, not, not, they don't always go to plan. Um, but I've had, I've had a good one that went well over and above what my expectations um, were. Um, and, and, I, and I was in Aberdeen, it was at the top end of Union Street. And then I purchased the property for, it was a one bedroom flat for 52 grand. So by the time you spent your, your ADS and legals, you were probably an extra three grand on that, it's actually 55. Um, the renovation was quite a big renovation, but I factored in my, my cost to the investor, which was 25 grand. So that's taking you 70 grand um, of cash all in. Um, so obviously getting a valuation of around 100 grand mark was going to get all my money back out. And I was like, predicting between that and 110, but the valuation came back at 135 grand. So uh, it was all money out plus, you know, pretty much 30 grand of profit as well. <laughs> wow, that's per- that's pretty powerful. And um, you know, some people would say, well, "Well, why would you take that? Uh, why would you take that extra money?" You know, <laughs> but I'm thinking to myself, "Well, that's free money, isn't it?" So, like, you're pretty much getting that. Well, it's not free money because you're obviously paying interest on it. But hmm. the interest rates are that low anyway. You can use that thirty grand to obviously go and fund another purchase. Yeah. Well, what the way I'm the way I'm scaling up the company in the portfolio, I'm not taking an income from that one. So that. The, the, the extra 30 grand took into consideration the, fa- the five grand that I left in this one or the three grand I left in this one. So it basically just came back as like the buffer on the other purchases. So when you're leaving money in other ones, the, this extra 30 grand just helped with the kind of the negative deficit of, of building up. So, so yeah, you win something like that. I mean, that, that one's a freak one. That's probably the best one I've ever yeah. kind of come across where you're, you're getting all your money back out plus 30 flipping grand almost. Like that's, yeah, that's I think that's obviously that's an important point. Let's just say to people, we're not trying to basically say it's always easy. It's all plain sailing. And the next deal you get, you're going to get a, a check through the post for 30 grand. You know, like that ain't happening. But, it's, but it just goes to show, I mean, like Stephen's out there doing the do. You can go and follow his progress you know, on Instagram and he's doing the deals. So yeah, 
Um, let's just talk about how important it is at the moment, especially in this market where there's like huge supply issues and materials, labour costs are crazy. Let's talk about how important is it to do your due diligence and do your numbers right at the start before you even do the deal or purchase the property. Um, yeah. Because that, that could be uh, where you could go potentially wrong here, is it, in this market? Yeah, that's it. Mean, material prices are shooting up 70%. Your know, labour's becoming more and more expensive. So if you've done your numbers based on you know, a 15 grand refund and it goes to 20, like, these, are, these, are quite, these are the things that you say that, that end up being no money left in deal. Now, if you want to buy one or two properties, then that's fine. These things can be swallowed up. But if you know the way that the the buy and let property investment market's going, in my opinion, it really needs to be scale. You can I think long gone are the, the days when you have one or two properties and you and you rent them out. If you're not doing this in scale, it's really not worth your time because you've got to factor in ADS, your 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 tax um, tax changes clause twenty four. All the extra compliance, like if, unless you're doing this on a bit of scale, I think one or two is not going to work. So, if uh, if you're missing your due diligence point and leaving leaving money in each deal, you won't be able to scale up that quickly. You'll you'll, you'll kind of come to a, a stall quite 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 quickly in your journey. Yeah, so I think this podcast is going to give a little bit of hope to people who have not got you know huge pots of money there. Basically, they might have saved up you know twenty thirty grand to get started. This is the best way, the best chance you're going to have of building and scaling a portfolio quickly. But, you know, that's not the only way because as I've kind of like explained on the podcast just recently, you know, I'm finding it very difficult to find deals like this. I was a huge fan of the, the BRR strategy and just lately I've been finding it really difficult. Now, you're at, then you're at a kind of dilemma. What do you do? Do you keep hunting and putting all this time and effort and rejected offers and closing dates and all the rest of it into trying to find that perfect deal that you're going to get all your money back out or do you just you know um do you or do you sit in the sidelines and do absolutely nothing or else do you um you know go and just buy property at full market value and then just ride the wave of property prices going up and that's what i've decided to do because i just don't feel that i've got you know the network of people bringing me deals i can't find the deals so it's not always going to be this strategy is going to suit everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's right, mate. You, you touched the nail on the head there as well. If, if these these deals don't come along, they don't they don't, they don't fall on your lap. It requires a huge amount of effort, a huge amount of work, and a lot of people won't put in that consistent hard work and effort over a long period of time to get these deals, um, or they've got busy businesses or whatever. But yeah, the, the other way to get these deals is to, is to, to hook up with sourcers, get sourcers to try and bring them to you. Um, now, now, I suppose on on the flip side of that. Because these deals are so rare, most sourcers maybe want to build up their own portfolio and, and maybe source on these deals as excess deals that they, they don't, that they, don't that they can't take, so they're unwilling to sell them on. So that's maybe make it a lot, probably like you're you're doing in Glasgow, and they could probably find it a lot bit more difficult because guys are going to keep these ones for themselves rather than passing them on. Um, yeah, and and so so I know one of the big questions that the audience are going to ask is, so how are you finding these deals, Stephen? Like, how are you still able to get these deals? Looking as run down as tired as I'm looking in the last 18 months probably is the, the biggest thing. Um, 90 hours a week working, sourcing out there, social media, um, building relationships up, meeting with people, telling people what you do, putting it out there what you do. Um, now there's a couple of deals just came in recently from a state agents. Now, most people are complaining that state agents are not bringing deals to them or even answering the phone, but 
there's you know everyone's not in the same position to sell a property on the open market way some people want it sold quickly some people you can't even view it some people you can't even get a home report on it's such bad condition um you know there's a, there's a huge amount of stock out there that's lying run down with people that don't know who owns it from with executors like you know there's a, there's so much property out there it just it requires a lot of effort and a lot of work to, to go out and do it and you know what it's like as well with these things nick like you always look for for a while and then they come around like flipping buses um you know a few all at once so i am one of these people that sometimes says you know i struggle to pick up deals there's no deals now steven's a prime example of showing you here today on this podcast that there still are deals out there and that you can get these ones where you know you can refinance and, and get all your money back out but again you know let's just say if you've got people in the main cities glasgow you know Edinburgh, Dundee, and all that. Are you still hearing people doing these deals in these cities as well? Yeah, they're still there, but I think they're, they're definitely more rarer. They're definitely there. I think, and, and it depends on your strategy. And like you say, if young people are starting out and they've only got that pot of, you know, 20, 30, 40 grand cash to, to go into property, like you could do these no money left in deals. This is what's going to keep you scaling and keep growing. But like you touched on there, Nick, if, if over the next, I've seen a lot of reports recently over the next three or four to five years, I reckon that property prices are going to rise somewhere between 20 and 25 percent so if you are buying something at market value you're pretty much leaving no money in if you want to refinance in five years and get that 25 cent back out um it might just take you that a bit longer so i think it's been aware of what your strategy is and, and what cash you've got to play with and what you're on to leave tied up yeah and I, i'm cool with that kind of long-term goal as well so i've kind of like um you know i'm at the point where i've got you know 10 11 properties now so you know obviously i want more but i'm quite comfortable that it's going to take me a little bit longer now and mm -hmm. i'm i'm not really that desperate do you know what i mean but um if you definitely are starting out then to get off on a good start and get one of these bagged is definitely going to give you give you a bit of momentum for sure um, yeah, and you're at a different stage in your investment career as well like you don't want to be you know, someone starting out to get this these kind of no money left in deals probably i'd say in glasgow definitely you're going to have to be getting your hands dirty. You've got to be doing a lot, a lot of the renovation work yourself. You've got to keep these costs down, stripping out, painting it, doing anything you can do to keep the costs as low as you can. Whereas someone like you that's maybe going to go and outsource the whole, like the whole renovation is going to pay a premium for it. So that's making you going to leave money in a deal as well, even more. For sure, definitely. So, so there are a couple of examples there anyway. And uh, like we say all the time, if you want to follow us on Instagram, stuff like that, you can see what we're up to day to day. Um, you know what what else can we kind of learn from this you know should we just like conclude here you know we want obviously the title is do no money left in property deals still exist so yeah they still exist but you have to work a lot harder for them than you did you know some years back and um, they're there they just require a lot of work they require a lot of you know a lot of practice on the social side of it and they require you being creative for your renovations as well but i see say being creative is 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 um is getting the cost down as low as you can but still producing a high quality product to get your valuation where it needs it to be to get all your money back out if you skimp on these renovations and your rent and your valuation doesn't come back in then you're going to leave money in the deal so it's about finding that right balance and um, spending the money right on the, on the right areas of the renovations to get the, the valuation back where you need it to be and, and do you think obviously with like more and more sort of education and property education courses more and more people getting educated about this sort of stuff that's obviously driving the competition as well isn't it so you know there's more and more people out looking for the same thing 
Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah, and a lot, and a lot of them are there. It's, it's how you can add, it's how you can figure out that value. Like the one I told you about there that, that I got the thirty grand back out of it, and that's that was a one to two bedroom conversion. So you didn't just do a a standard you know renovation on the property, renovating as a one bedroom, and you know releasing it at ninety five, hundred grand then value. Are, I raised the valuation by creating a second bedroom. So it's been creative as well of how to find the valuation in your renovations. If you were you know, looking for the low-hanging fruit, like the simple renovations, they're, they're quite hard to find because everyone can kind of spot them, see that, see what it could be worth when it's finished. So, yeah. And have they got a bit off-market, would you say, in this in this day and age and um, current market that we're in, would you say they pretty much need to be off the market to, to do this? Not necessarily, but, yes, it's a lot easier if they're off-market. Um, I've had, a, I've had a couple of deals brought to me by estate agents through in Glasgow, but they've brought to me, they've, they've, been, they've had the leads come through from like Dunfermline way through from where I live. So uh, they've not had as many contacts there. They've been kind of what properties that were a bit difficult and they knew that if there was someone there that could buy them and, and not you know, do what they say they're going to do, then they'll bring it to me. So that's that's worked out a couple of times. And that's so that's kind of off market with the estate agent bringing them to you. Um, but yeah, I think, I think definitely off market right now would be the way to go. Um, and, and and you can do that by telling people what you do. Put it on social media, talk to people, talk to friends and family, um, just talk to work colleagues, tell them what you're looking for. You'll be surprised at what what pings up on these conversations. Definitely. Well, hopefully that'll give you some inspiration, guys. I mean, we are not, you know, trying to say that it's all uh, it's all roses and it's all easy, plain sailing. We're giving you the real, you know, facts here. It is doable, but it is difficult if you are prepared to put in the work. And you've got the time, you've got the time to go out, network, um, viewings, you know, make connections, do marketing, all this stuff, then I'm sure that you can still pick up these deals. And if you go over to our Facebook group as well, there's still people, uh, you know, posting. I would say at the moment, not as probably as much as when we started out the group a couple of years ago, but there's still people getting them. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few recently been posted in the group. I think Nevin posted one. I think Mark Chanter posted one as well. A couple of months ago, so there's been a few people posting these deals in the group. So they're existing and they're and they're happening all over the country. But it's, it's uh, yeah, they're definitely more difficult to come by. You have to put you have to be prepared to put in a hell of a lot more work, or be willing to leave some money in the deal if that's your if that's your goal. Yeah, nice one. Okay, guys. Well, thanks very much for listening today, and uh, we will see you again next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers.